0: Right, so with all that being said, let's jump into our message this morning. Uh, we're still cruising through this series. It'll take us through the next couple of weeks all the way up to Memorial Day, the end of this month, you know, the official kickoff of summer. Uh, hopefully Alaska gets the memo. Uh, Trump up to service high school yesterday and just about lost my car door uh, when I opened it. The wind coming out of the mountains, man, just raked it right over there. glad there was nobody next to me. Um, But, uh, you know, in in some ways uh, that the thought I was having as I walked into the auditorium last night to get ready for the show, I was thinking about the the message this morning. Because There's always multiple things going on. I know that surprises you. There's multiple things happening in here all the time. Um, And uh, I was thinking about how grumpy and gripey i had been about the weather. Uh, You know, but we still haven't cleaned up the sticks and stuff in our yard from the, the windstorm. Because in our house the wind is still blowing, and it's like I'm not going out there and picking up those little twigs because there's still stuff coming down. I'm not doing this two, three times, you know. When things settle down, I'll go. And so I keep looking out the window, going, i am going, You know, uh, I'm I'm having to wear long pants because it's too cold, uh, and that's not usually what I'm doing this time of year. And, and if I if I was a if I was really a whiny kind of person, I would say we're we're suffering. This is terrible. This is awful. And, and it kind of is, except I saw my friends in Colorado who got snowed a few days ago. So maybe it's worse there. Um, and maybe that's not really suffering. But we all go through things in our lives where things don't go the way that we want them to go, or uh, we, we try to set something up and it doesn't happen like we want it to, or uh, circumstances happen to us uh, beyond our control, or maybe even sometimes because of of, of consequences because of things we've done, but they weren't necessarily terrible things. They were just things that we've done. You know, my back is a wreck because I was an idiot when I was younger. Amen. Amen. Anybody identify with that? No. I, I know David Lane does. I see. It. <laughs> but you had a good time, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Right. So, uh, so sometimes we suffer with some of those things, and we just we do get in a place where it's just it's just something that we bear. Right. It could be uh, physical pain. It could be emotional pain. It could be pressure. Uh, anything that you could think of that we might say and, and take the attitude that this is just my cross to bear. Um, and maybe you've heard people say that. You know, we'll, we'll hear people say that about circumstances in their family, you know. Uh, things haven't worked out exactly the way maybe they should. I just ran into a friend of mine this week. She's my age. We graduated together, they just adopted five of her grandchildren. And they're all elementary school age. Now that is not the life that she planned. And I don't think she sees it as a cross to bear. But some people would say that. wouldn't they? If they found themselves in that circumstance, they'd say, well, this is just my cross to bear. And I'm not sure really what lies behind that. Maybe it depends on the circumstance, but sometimes to me that phrase feels um, self-serving. But maybe that's just because I'm the kind of person who doesn't see my life that way. Who doesn't see my trials that I've had that way. But they're they're just my promise. I feel like Eeyore right now. Well, that's just my promise to bear. (laughs) And whatever our suffering or our pain or our troubles are, I want to tell you this morning that while they certainly can weigh us down, while they certainly can harm us. Um, we think towards uh, Mother's Day next week, I tell you, we don't do a big old like, you know, st- who's the oldest mom in the crowd and all that kind of stuff, not because we don't love mothers. Um, I wouldn't be here without one, hey! Um, <laughs> but because we live in a world where not all mothers are exemplary, amen? And it, I realized over the years it became a difficult day. In fact, we have people in our past uh, who have they stayed home on Mother's Day because it's too painful to hear how wonderful mothers are because their mothers were not. And so we don't make a big to-do about it, right? We acknowledge the day and we acknowledge some things from Scripture sometimes but we don't make a big to-do about it. But, you know, some people uh, could say that their struggles in their life um, You know, come from their parenting, come from their heritage, come from their upbringing. Whatever the case may be, I want you to know that the Bible gives us a hope and a joy that our burdens are not ours to carry. Let me say that again. Our burdens are not ours to carry. Now, we can You can. If you had a terrible upbringing or you're having a terrible life right now, you can let that weight crush you to the ground. You can do that. Even as a believer, you are welcome to do that. God will not remove from you your ability to make your own choices about what's happening in the orbit of your life. But He offers you relief. So... When we say that perhaps God never said, well, this is just your cross to bear, we're actually going to look at some scripture where He actually tells us to take up a cross. You go, whoa, well, hey, what's up with that? Well, there's some truth behind that that I want you to understand this one because I think it can give you great hope. It is not to say that our lives are without suffering. Because Jesus said, we say it here just about every week, I'm telling you, because life is hard, you're going to have trouble. In this life We will suffer One of the writers of the scripture actually says That he wishes that he could He he could share in the suffering Of Christ And so I want you to think in two different areas this morning One is your personal life The things around us that that Can weigh us down, can trip us up, Can entangle us, can knock us down Can kind of You know, uh, remove that joy that we would like to have in our lives. That's one kind of suffering. And it is a suffering that God can help us with. And it's that ultimate message that we try to drive home here a lot. That God didn't promise to solve your problems, but he promised to never abandon you. And then there's that idea of suffering with Christ. And that's just a thing that frankly we don't we don't experience a lot here in this country in these days. We might in the future, our children might in the future, they certainly do in other places around the world. But there's a different kind of suffering that is suffering for the cause of Christ that could potentially be your cross to bear. Because that is to be as Jesus was and is, is to sometimes allow your faith. To be the thing that other people can use to wound you. Does that make sense? Those are two different things. So we're talking today about. Both of those. How they're interrelated. But how one. Which is the burden. The weight. the, The strain of this world. That we sometimes take up and carry. As if it were our cross to bear. The Bible tells us it's not really our business. And we have a helper. We have a Savior, and He wants to help you with those things, all right? So, um, life, this life isn't meant to be a burden, and it shouldn't be if we are in Christ. And we can even look around the world. I know there are some who have traveled uh, internationally uh, to places that really, uh, like are in poverty, or where, uh, I don't know, uh, Don, Ashley, has traveled to a place where, Christian pastors are in danger and some of them have actually been thrown into prison. Right? Suffering. Even those people, we go to places where uh, poverty is rampant but the message of the gospel has come in and we'll find these people who have so much less than we have where we we would be despondent. We would be like, oh, I can't live like this. And they're living like that but they're living with Christ and the joy that they have in that life Surpasses what most of us feel, sense, and enjoy when we have yet so much because the presence of Christ to them is so real. And they have come to this knowledge that sometimes we struggle with because we have so much that this life is not supposed to be a burden. And if we are living in Christ, it doesn't matter our circumstances, we can live a life that is abundant, a life that is free, a life that is meaningful. All right, so let's look at some scripture and see how this looks. The first place we're going to go is John chapter 10, verses nine through 11. Now, this is Jesus speaking, right? He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now the thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We're going to come full circle to that image right there. Of the good shepherd laying down his life. For his sheep by the time we're done this morning. But I want to point out two things. The first one is the thief. The enemy. Satan. The the children of Satan. Those who are without Christ and intend to do evil in the world. Those people. Driven by his desires. The enemy's (laughs) desires. The thieves. Look, Look at that word. Only. Only. Sole mission, single-minded, this is all he's got planned for you and for me, only comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. This is why it's so vital. If we truly believe that uh, that we have found the truth in Jesus Christ, and that there are people around us, walking around us, maybe people in this room right now, people walking around us right now in our lives in the places where we work the places where we play and all that kind of stuff who are without Christ if we truly believe that they are are being sought out by a thief an enemy who wants to to steal anything they have that's good to kill them and to destroy them both in this life and and throughout eternity where they, they spend eternity separated and in anguish away from God if we believe that how is it that we don't spend more time telling people about that? What kind of a... And, and look, I'll point at you and look, right? I got three pointing at me, right? If I'm not talking at you. I said we. How, um, how selfish can we behave if we believe that we have found this great truth but yet we don't take the measures to share it with those around us who still need it. I don't remember who it was I was reading the other day said if we truly believe that there's a place like hell where those who are without Christ will go for eternity, we should be 24-7 shouting the gospel in love. Building relationships with people who give us the permission to tell them about Jesus Christ. Because there is a thief And he was trying to steal to kill and destroy you And he still wants to but guess what You have a good shepherd and he laid down his life For you Other people need that too So what does he say there he says I came that they may have life And have it what Abundantly." So Jesus' desire In coming to us Was that we would have a life That was full A life that was overflowing it's what he wants for us. And sometimes we can let that, that life that should be abundant be weighed down by whatever it is, right? Whatever we're carrying that cross, oh, this thing. Second, so abundant in Christ. Free in Christ, John 8, 36. So if the Son, capital S, you notice that? Son, Son of God. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I like the way that's phrased. Uh, some, some people think that in that translation there, if you if you if you played with the words there, it'd be like, if the sun sets you free, you will be free, free. You know what I'm saying? Like like not free, like free, free. Like totally free, like really free. Free indeed. That word indeed is interesting. <laughs> right? So you say, oh indeed, yes. But it's actually it's a compound word, right? Yeah, you didn't think of it. In so there are some who are slaves to that thief. See, if you're outside of Christ, you're a slave to the to the enemy. He's your master. But if you're in Christ, Christ is your master. And when you're in Christ, you have been given freedom in your deeds. See, when you're a slave to the enemy, you do what the master tells you. And the master tells you to do things that are disobedient to God. You say, why do people do bad things? They do bad things because their allegiance is not to Christ. But in Christ, you have now been given the freedom to choose what is right. You are no longer a slave to unrighteousness. So if the Son sets you free... You are free in deed. Life in Christ is abundant. Life in Christ should be free. Life in Christ should be meaningful. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I remember the first time I read this. It was probably in my teens doing a Bible study, I think, with my youth pastor at the time. He was doing kind of one-on-one Bible studies with a few of us. And he would just give us passages to read, and then we'd get together and we'd talk about it, right? Which, by the way, is still a really good methodology for leading people to Christ and for building disciples. And, And let me just tell you, that is not exclusively my job to either teach you about Scripture or to set up one-on-ones, which I do with people to talk about the Bible. Guys, you are priests and priestesses in the kingdom of God. You are joint heirs with Jesus Christ just like I am. We are sons and daughters of the Most High King, adopted into His family and treated as His blood and bone. You... Have every right and every expectation To be able to take the Bible And sit down with one of your friends And say, hey, would you like to spend Like maybe four or five weeks Let's just pick some Bible passages And would you be willing to read those with me And let's talk about them You could do that And you might find yourself in a circumstance Where you lead someone to knowledge of Christ Wouldn't that be amazing? Right? Don't be scared of it You are empowered to do that because you are a believer. Now, I would recommend that you also spend some time in your word in order to be able to do that. But you could do it together with other people. All right? But when I first read this, I was like, whoa! This answers the question. At least it answers the question for me. That that, big point, the universal question, why am I here? It's right here. What is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing in my life? Here we are. Bang! My favorite verse, because it contains the entire gospel, and I think it's the most powerful verse in the Bible, is John 3.16. Yours is John 14.6, right? This is my number two right here. Because when I share John 3.16, a lot of times the natural question is, well, why? Why should I do that? Well, here it is. Here's why. Because we are created for his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, deeds. Deeds for good deeds. You are free in deeds, right? You with me? Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Before you were ever born. Now, back to that that passage, you know, I... I knit you together. I formed you in your mother's womb, and I knew you. Before that ever happened, God planned a life of good works for you and for me, and he wants us to engage in But we have to live our life in Christ to find them and to do them. And that is where we find our purpose. So life in Christ should be abundant. Life in Christ should be free. Life in Christ should be meaningful. So what is our cross to bear? Because the Bible says this, all right? Matthew 10, 38. We just got like three passages left and we're going to be done here. Hang on. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Every time I preach this passage, Jason, I have to tell that story. (laughs) Uh, We were at a college campus Bible study one time and this other guy was teaching. He read this verse and another one. There's another one that says, if anyone does not take up their cross daily and follow after me, they cannot be my disciple. He read that, so let me say it again. If anyone uh, does not take up their cross daily and follow after me, they cannot be my disciple. And he said, now did Jesus mean that you can't be his disciple if you don't take up the cross? And Jason and I, said, and I said, no, I think that's what he said. And he said, no, said, that's not what he meant. And then we just kind of laughed and we unplugged, we unplugged from the rest of whatever was going on. Because it's like, well, that's exactly what he says. <laughs> like, literally. It's in the same thought as this passage here. Where he says, whoever. That, that, look, that's everybody who does not <gasps> conform to whatever follows next. Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So there is some cross to bear here. And he gives us uh, some, some, some hints here, some clues here as, he, as Jesus is trying to flesh this out for those who, who are listening. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Meaning, I always think of that phrase, I have to find myself. Which I totally get. It's to some degree. But, but it's kind of this idea. Whoever is the master of their own life. That they will not be able to hang on to that thing. Why? Because they're not really masters of their own life. Mm-hmm. They have a master. And he's a thief who comes to steal and to kill and destroy. And whoever loses his life for myself. Find it. Does this mean we gotta? Is he saying whoever loses his life, like you, you gotta die? Well, yeah. Sort of. Maybe. At a minimum, you gotta die to yourself. You gotta die to the idea that you're gonna be your own master and instead submit to the idea that Christ will be your master. He will be your Lord. And he says, if you'll do that, if you'll lose your life for my sake, well, then you're free indeed Because the Son has set you free Psalm 55, 22 says this Lest we think that the, the struggles and toils of this life Are the cross that Jesus is talking about They're not I, I can't get that through to you clear enough they're not. If you're wallowing, if you're, if you're laying around, if you're letting yourself be, be crushed down and taken by the struggles that you've experienced or maybe the struggles you're experiencing right now, grief that you've suffered in your life or life, whatever those things are, those are not the cross to be buried. We can find a dozen more scriptures just like this. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Cast your burdens up the Jesus. He cares for you. Did Karen come in. I'm sorry. Huh? You sing that with me, babe? Probably not. <laughs> Continental on, Singers, 1991. We sang that every 910 shows in 90 days. It's a cute little song, but you can see it right here. Cast your burdens on the Lord. He cares about you. So your cares, your burdens, those are not your cross to bear. You say, "Well, that's the Old Testament." <laughs> Some people do that, right? Well, it's the Old Testament. I'm living under. I'm living under the New Covenant. So, uh, uh, if it's not between Matthew and Revelation, well, okay, fine. I can do that too. <laughs> Matthew chapter eleven. I mean, we can't get more direct to the source than that, right? Oh, this is just my cross to the No, no, no. No, the one. The one. King of kings, the Lord of lords, says. No, give me that, give me that. Come to me. You got a heavy load? Come on give you some rest. So, in fact, what he's saying here, he says, I tell you what, you give me yours, I'll give you mine. Jesus, take my take my load, take my burden, take my yoke. That's the word he use here. Yoke. We don't use that much. If you're a farmer, you might the yoke. This is a yoke. That's one kind of yoke. might put that one on some some donkeys or some some bowls to pull your plow, one on one side, one on the other, sharing the burden. It's the wrong kind of yoke. In fact, I'll tell you, because this is how the process works. As I perused Google preparing for this (laughs) message. If you you look up yoke, this is mostly what you'll find. And then you will also find page after page after page of sermons and ideas and Bible studies about how this is the yoke that Jesus is talking about. I don't think it is. Because this yoke shares the burden and that is not what he's asking us to do. He's not asking us to share the weight of the burden. He's asking us to give it to him. He says, he says, look, you have your burden. Come, give it to me. I'll give you rest. You take mine. Right? That's what he said, right? Take my yoke. Take mine. This is a different kind of yoke here. Yeah. Right? That is an efficient way to work right there. Put them legs to use. <laughs> If you watch the strongman competition they do this carrying thousands of pounds. It's incredible. Looks a lot like this. Jesus went to the cross, right? And He took our burden. Our sin. And it was heavy. You know, it, right? You've carried the weight of You know it's heavy. He did that for us. See, that cross wasn't His cross. That cross that he carried, that was our cross. That was our collective sin. The sins of all humanity, past, present, future, laid on Jesus. Him offering the opportunity for salvation to all who would believe. You'll see Jesus' yoke, Jesus' cross. He said his yoke is easy, his burden is light. That's because Jesus is without sin. See, if the cross represents the weight of sin and the weight of punishment for everyone who's ever lived, and Jesus walked this earth, flesh and bone, just like you and me, with one glaring, for sure, exception, he was without sin. And if we were to kind of compare it in modern materials, I don't know, Jesus' cross would be like balsam wood. Right? You ever have one of those little planes, men or balls, it plays nothing. But that's still not right, is it? You know, if we, if we had a, some sort of molecular structure that we could see mass and space and time that looked like a cross but weighed zero, absolutely nothing, had zero actual atomic weight, that's the weight of Jesus' cross, that's the weight of Jesus' burden, that is the weight of Jesus' yoke, and he says to us, Let me have yours, you take mine. My burden is light. Our cross is his cross, his cross is our cross, and his cross is righteousness. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. We think back, we just did on Easter, right? Good Friday, we think back on the cross, we think of the suffering, the passion of Christ, we see that image that I just had up there with that cross beam across his arms. And yet really, if we could really see it, when Jesus is walking down the Via Dolorosa on the way to Calvary to be crucified for our sins on our behalf. Really, in his mind, what he's carrying is that sheep, because that sheep is you. And he is the good shepherd. And he is unwilling to let you stay out there. Uh, where it's dangerous and cold and dark and stormy and be under the weight of what you think is your own cross or your own burdens or your own struggles or your own trials. And he says, I've got something different. Let me take you. Let me take your burden. And you take mine. (coughs) Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment? that first passage of scripture Jesus said I am the door if anyone enters by me he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture so I just want to give the opportunity this morning if there's anyone here who says man I need to go through that door I've been carrying my own weight I don't trust Jesus I'm not following Jesus I'm not living a life that's in Christ but I realized this morning that I, I should, I want to, I'm going to. I was going to ask you very quickly, we're not going to spend a lot of time. Is there anybody here that says that this morning? First time ever that you've said, man, I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to, I want to have that life. I want to dump this burden, give it to Him, and I want to take His instead and live a life that's meaningful for Christ. First time you've ever done that, if that's you, just shoot your hand up in the air so I can see. Is there anyone? looks like mostly home folks here today. I like that. It's okay. Since nobody raised their hand, I'm going I'm to assume that we're all being honest with each other and we've made decisions to follow Christ. And if that's the case, this message today, or one much like it, is the message that you should be proclaiming to the people around you as you build relationships and make friendships and love people and care about them. If you really care about them, tell them. Tell them that there is someone who wants to rescue them from the thief who is trying to kill them and steal everything they have and destroy their lives. And his name is Jesus. Would you stand with me for closing prayer? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you Peace. God, thank you, thank you, thank you for the gift of our salvation. And Lord, the way that you offer us to not live in the struggle of this life, Lord, we'll still have trials, we'll still have tribulations, we will still suffer, but Lord, our suffering is not our own. And I pray that each of us will actively pursue casting our cares upon you, and instead walking In the light of your righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen.